Welcome back to the Alaska Music Podcast. This time it's an interview with Lauren Langford of the Alaska Music Zine, a new zine dedicated, of course, to Alaskan music. But before all that, I'm going to play you a song from a mystery band, and you're going to find out a little more about them and who they are later on in the interview with Lauren, with a song called Workin', kind of an homage to what everybody in these interviews is doing. Enjoy.
Alaska Music Zine, and the Alaska Music Scene. It's the end of summer in 2023. All right, Lauren, if I was to reintroduce the show, what would I say? I'd, I'd say that I'm sitting here today with Lauren Langford from Alaska Music Zine chatting about the inception of and next steps of the project. And that's you. People have been asking more lately kind of what was the what was the long-term goal with this project with Alaska Music Zine. Well, what was the inception of it? Why does this exist? Why do you It exists that? because I have creative ADHD and I was finding myself in need of a way to separate my concert photography from all of my other photography because if you look at my photography page it's rock stars flowers birds rock stars right. like it was yeah, yeah. it was pretty ridiculous so i was like okay well and also because the the concert photography was starting to do something neat where it was building community and i was like okay well why don't we separate this out and and um and so I kicked the ball around for a little while and pitched the project idea to a few people and got a lot of pretty fo- positive feedback. And so I, you know, I, I was doing that thing that, that very capable women do where they, they wait. They're like, I need to, I just need more of this, or I just need to do more of this. Or if I, if I do this thing, if I take a journalism class, if I work with these people, then I'll be ready. And I know that about myself, that I look for ways to legitimize what I'm doing when I mm-hmm. don't need to. And so I was sitting in my classroom kind of agonizing over it. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to send it. I didn't even tell my wife. <laughs> I didn't tell anybody. I told no one. Send and it, Send it meaning? Put the... Make a Facebook. First of all, I had to go back on Facebook. I put myself in Facebook timeout. Yeah. So I had to return to Facebook... Um, for the first time since 2019. Brought Facebook back, made a Facebook profile, made an Instagram profile, consolidated consolidated some pictures together and started populating those spaces and just said, you know, hey, we're, we're here, we're here to go. Well, the hiatus seemed to do it well because my perception of it when it showed up was it was sort of a fully formed idea with content and a direction. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad that it came across that way. That's, I mean, it, it and that was one thing that, you know, because I've tried to launch other projects in the past. And I think that, that the reason that they failed was because they didn't serve, they served my need, but they didn't serve a community need. Well, how do you feel something fails, though? Yeah, and I guess that's a good point, because whether it's successful or, or it fails as art is really subjective. Um it didn't build it was missing the community piece and mm-hmm. i guess i didn't realize that that was something that i wanted when i launched some of those other projects it was not a failure in terms of the art but um in terms of the community piece it just wasn't generating engagement and it wasn't helping anybody so, so. is this a matter of of uh the the platform or the the manner in which you were presenting something because probably as an artist have you actually changed yeah. In, in what it is you're Tremendously. doing? How so? Um, I, I tend to... O- older me tended to be more more critical and more honest to a fault. And um, 
you know, it's really easy to be a critic. The world is full of them, but it's really, really hard to find people who are good at saying genuinely, genuinely, authentically nice things about people. And I'm good with words and everything I say, I mean it, but I know that I'm good with words. So when, when I say like, hey, that sounded good, and I say it in the way that I say it, that matters. Right, yeah. Just like I know when, when I'm being critical or when I'm trying to, trying to give constructive criticism, yeah. um, uh, the way that I say it matters and it carries a lot of weight. And so just making that conscious choice to not never, never fib. Like I, I am unapologetically and pro again, to a fault, I only know how to be myself and I only right. know how to be honest. Yeah. And that hasn't always worked out well for me. Well, in production, like uh, often you have to do, do the compliment sandwich, you yep. know, where you, yeah. you genuinely say the things you like and yep. then offer up constructive ideas back. so mm -hmm. to speak and then end with a compliment because yeah. people know when you mean what it is you say but you yes. have to have you have to have that relationship yep gathered with them in the first place that they trust you not yes. to be someone who is has an, has has a personal bent agenda in demeaning someone you know yeah. yeah yeah and and that may be what's different now also um you know i've been working as a coach and and um mentoring people and young people for a long time and there is nothing more heartbreaking than coaching elite level youth sports <laughs> and you're coaching what swimming ah, swimming okay. and um i had gotten to the point where i was without realizing it, i was refusing to build relationships yeah and not as a conscious decision but i had had so many really heartbreaking and negative experiences with people that I had built relationships with that I was choosing not to build relationships. That's different now. And the other thing I guess would be different is that a lot of those community relationships were already there before this project launched. Like I'd already been boots on the ground, meeting people, supporting people, um, cheering for people, asking questions, trying to find their backstories just because of who I am as a person. My educational background is in research history, researching and writing about history. So just, just using all of that to build those relationships. And then because that foundation was already there with a couple of key people, it made it easier to, to do it in this capacity. So the zine mm. gelled like it, it. There was it was inevitable that it was going to happen. It just finally had a had a name, and it's called Alaska Music Zine. Okay, play on words. Right. And uh, as as of today, um, which is the summer of twenty twenty three, you have a your first edition's coming out, right? Yeah, August twenty sixth is the launch party, and that'll be at Willowa Social in the Speakeasy, which is on the second floor. Um, Harp Daddy, backed by Spaff Daddy and the Unknowns, mm -hmm. is opening, and then Highway 9 is going to close out the show. And I have been told that's going to be Highway 9 and Friends, and that there's <laughs> going to be an extensive uh, list of guests and friends playing with them, which makes yeah. me happy. 
the difference between what you were putting online mm -hmm. now was the zine idea that you hatched was it as uh, the Facebook launch but you always had in mind that you were doing a print yep. issue of it. what so, influence what is influencing the, the print edition what are your um, what, what do you what do you hope to be like in the print edition is there like a history of these things that you want to yeah so so zines were were part of like 90s counterculture um and even earlier than that and they were um indie and artistic and usually carried out by one person or a small group of people sometimes they were collaborative but um not very often and the idea was having creative control mm -hmm. and um you know putting putting out a message that you don't see in the mainstream yeah and so i guess for for mainstream music the the message being you have to be a certain way and sound a certain way to be relevant or to have people listen to you and like your music um you have to look a certain way to perform on stage and sort of rewriting that that um that notion that no you can show up exactly how you are yeah well and, i like the revelatory nature of the local zines yeah you know, there was one uh was uh was put up by frank harlan who went by frank the clown <laughs> um and this was in the 80s and i worked with a couple bands he brought into the studio to produce psychedelic skeletons skate yep. death and uh and his band but he he had this magazine the zine called warning uh -huh. and i mean frank was on send and scissors and photos and typewriters were not safe around him <laughs> you know it was all this stuff went in there and what i like about those things and pretty much in any creative endeavor but really comes out in a in a zine format is you can't help but be yourself when you put together one of those collages. When you have decided out of the newspaper, out of a magazine, I'm stealing this photo and I'm just cutting out that person's eyes and putting, you know, teapots in there instead, whatever. Yeah, right. That that all of a sudden it becomes this other thing. It's it's there's this level of surrealism to it where you are confronted with images and you have to make sense of it and your brain is gonna and it brings out your own inner yeah, it makes Punk. you go, huh? Yeah, uh -huh. what is this, and how does this attach to that? And then you add it to the music, and especially back then when no one could afford a music video, you're looking at the <laughs> zine and you're listening to Skate Death, and it's yep. like this is your whole view of the scene. And then you go see him at the Armory or whatever, and it becomes this cultural. It's a it's a landmark, um, uh, and I always call it, it's kind of a tether to your to your history. And every time you hear something or talk about that thing, you have an audio visual experience attached yep. to it and a lot of that is the zines like if you're not thinking of the performance or actually if you don't even know the band you know if you can yep. just be a you know a fan of the scene like so yeah. many people have just treasured these yeah these zines and i'm so glad you're you're making putting it in print it's like yep. like cds like you can give someone a cd now they don't have a player but they're not getting rid of it you know no, this thing's a treasure yeah it's a treasure yeah i mean these the the zine you're putting out now is going to be in people's drawers and get pulled out with with fond memories for decades you know yeah. so I, I, all it's... all the all props to you for making it to Thank print you. print's yeah. important so describe what's in it describe what it looks like so it's your typical eight and a half a little booklet i i designed each page individually so it's not like there was a template and we featured harp daddy 
Darren Smith. He was one of the earliest folks to sit down with me and um, chat about music and chose him as the first first feature because of his love of music history and you know with making a zine and making a a visual and written record to accompany the music like it made sense to me creatively to to feature somebody who cares about music history mm -hmm. and we also put a spotlight on um ed washington mm -hmm. Sundog, mm -hmm. uh, Highway 9, um, because of the amount of community work that they do. And um, also a newer band that I'd never really heard of before called Eerie Flats. And so um, pictures of, of those groups, there's a longer write-up with excerpts and, and just kind of what was going through my mind listening to Harp Daddy during our interview and um, just some reflections on either my experiences or experiences that other people have shared with me from enjoying these these musicians while they're making art live. So edition one, are you working on number two yet? It's... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's, I am. The, the question when, when we work on an album, it's like you put it out. What's your second album? So I'm like, geez, give me a chance. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you don't have um, to tell me, but no, no, I am. Um, I, I absolutely am. Actually, I was sitting here on the couch going, huh? I don't remember if I did any future interviews in the month of May. May feels like it was a really long time ago right now. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, coming up with with um, who who to include in that second edition and then continuing to sort of marry marry the past and the present with the future and telling those stories and focusing on the legacy of of local music here I, it was such a huge part of my youth and it makes me and i i craved those stories about musicians that had come before and I wanted to know everything about the musicians that were playing then because it made me feel more connected to their music. Mm -hmm. And um, just knowing that, you know, somebody asked me the other, the other day, they were like, do you think you'll run out of musicians to, to feature? <laughs> Jesus. No, no, the answer is, the, yeah. Yeah, the answer is no. <clears throat> because, no. okay, let's say that I featured every band in Anchorage. Now I can feature the individuals and dig further into All, their stories. They keep making new ones. And, and yep, there yep. it is. <laughs> we we want to go find the new ones. Yep. So what's the first band that, that cracked your head open locally? When you were eight. Yeah, my... <laughs> What's, what's one of your earliest memories of a local My band? first live local concert was the Roman Candles. Ah, okay. Uh-huh. Right. And it's, it's really funny because I can remember sort of being a teenaged fangirl about Matt Hopper. Uh -huh. And I don't even think I told my wife this story, but I was sitting at the table at Glacier Brew House and where, where he works, and he walked yeah. up to talk to Emily um, because they've been friends for a long time. And I had this moment of like, oh my God, it's Matt Hopper. <laughs> 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 and, 
and and then we yeah. hung out a couple of times and i i told him i said your band was my first concert and your album and then he was like wait two seconds hang on and so he sent me all of this old music yeah, that he had yeah. raw recordings of and so it was like it a was saturday morning and i was sitting in my in my house jamming out to old roman candles and so <laughs> <laughs> Um, so that's a super fond memory and I'm really, I just cherish that I have that friendship in my life now. Um, and then I had a childhood friend named, uh, Jenny Toro, who was with the Sudden Death Squad and the Young Guns, which became Modern Savage. And so I spent a lot of time following them around and, and helping them with their music and then also the they were called the riot and i don't remember the names of any of the people in it ah no maybe i do john swanson the drummer's name i think was everett um but they were a, a band that i remember really really fondly from yeah. from being a young person in the music scene and then locally a, a band that just blew my mind recently was Black Barrel and the Bad Men. Right, yeah, they were just in here. Yeah.
to see them live and of course coaching swimming and diving in the state for 20 years now all of my little swim babies are growing up and doing amazing things yeah. and two of them in that band were were my former athletes oh oh really yes really. yes i'll tell you you know i haven't heard a vocal sound like that in nope. a long time I know. and it's effortless it's effortless it's crazy it's, it's usually i have i have to tamper with the experiment in order to make things sort of move nope. and these guys i know four vocalists all of them amazing well yep. and one amazing amazing yes, guy yes. it's like watching a trapeze artist it's, it's like, yeah you're just transfixed you can't look away would, and now people ask me like what what kind of music would you describe that as oh boy that's it's a tough, great question it? yes yeah. um because it's got i had it on in my classroom this morning i played it for some of my students and one of them said, what is this? And so I, this is the second time I've been asked this <laughs> yeah. question today, and I didn't really have an answer. I mean, I have, it, to me, it's almost like, it's like, sort of like classic Southern rock, kind of yes. like Marshall Tucker Band, yep. without an accent or a Southern attitude. It's right. Like it's, it, but it's that approach to the playing, which I, I feel is a pretty pure intent. Yep. And But the vocals and what the songs are about are great yes and everyone in there is playing very well that yeah. you're not worried about the guy taking a solo you no, know it's nobody like cringes. it's all great and Every, you look forward yeah. to him opening their mouths and singing yes so great yeah yeah i uh i finally got to hear them play they were on down friday at vans, at vans. Yeah. yeah and um you know, I, I try to get to as many gigs as I can when I'm out, but that was the only thing I did that night. I just yeah. <laughs> I just stayed and listened to Black Barrel and the Badman, yeah. and it was fantastic. And they haven't, they've not been out. I mean, that's what I found is that they've not been playing anywhere, and they just, they're getting ready to emerge. They've got a lot of more music they want to record. Yeah. I'm looking forward to I was to talking it. to the, because I, I can remember them sitting at um, the pool, and they're getting in the locker room, getting ready to come out to practice, and you can hear all of this singing coming out of the locker room. And we had <laughs> we had quite a few boys in our program at the time who were fantastic singers. Mm-hmm. And um, as a coach, you're looking at your clock like, man, I, I don't want to tell you guys to wrap it up and get in the water, but you really need to wrap it up and get in the yeah. water. <laughs> <laughs> but I was talking to the guy that... Um, it was a friend of theirs and he was invited over to listen to them doing like a garage band practice. Mm -hmm. And he said that he was, he was laughing and crying at the same time and smiling so big his face hurt. And, uh, you know, they stopped playing and they said, what do you think? He was like, why the hell are you guys in this garage right now? (laughs) Get out there. And so, I mean, I'm, I'm really glad that, that, uh, somebody said, go do the thing and that they listened <laughs> maybe maybe i should go record their vocals in the locker room at the pool <laughs> it's not a bad idea they sound good oh yeah everybody no, I, sounds good singing in the locker room yeah at the pool. There's, there's hallways around town where i want to yeah do yeah. It. yeah yeah <laughs> oh yeah places. we can that, that's i know where they are thing know, we could descend yeah. into like <laughs> <laughs> yeah but there's another band in fact i was uh, talking uh, about a, a song last night i mentioned black barrel and i played just the vocal tracks yep for the guy yeah, and um, you know he wants them to sing on this on this other album. Yeah. So yeah, send them over to another studio. Bring the tracks over here. Whatever. I just want to see people. Yep. Working together. Yeah. And they're such nice guys and just wonderful yeah. humans. Yes. Yeah, I've known the drummer for 
a few generations. He's been in a few other bands. Some, yeah, somebody da- had da- said dad he's of the band, dad but... of the band, that he's had three other groups before this one. And, and he's solid. I mean, he, he's a guitar player and all everything else, but his, his job in the band is playing drums. Everybody else sings and plays, and yeah. he just looks... And Happy he's he's hell. the happiest looking member of the band. I've yep. got some photos of him with the biggest smile on yeah. his face. Just yeah, like, son's the bassist, you know. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. That, that I, I can see the resemblance. But yeah, drums up and sticks up in the air, big smile on his face. It's yeah. like, man, that is like joy of a picture. It carries. It carries so much, you know. Yeah. Like, and and you want that in in a live show, but you also want it in a recording. You want yep. people to just. Like, come on, man, bring out the joy. Because you hear it. You absolutely do hear if someone's having a good time or not. You want to feel it because they felt it. Yeah. Yeah. So Black Barrel, who else is is happening now, as far as Mm. you can see? I have an incredible soft spot for um, Tyson Davis and uh, Blackwater Railroad Company. um, Because they're great musicians and they put on a wonderful show and because of their work in the community they're doing a lot to elevate the next generation of musicians Mm -hmm. in Seward and that sent me off on another tangent in my head I Alpine Music Studios which is um Emmy Williams and Matt can't remember his last name but um Emmy performs with Jangle Bees Right, okay. And they have a music studio, and they put on the Summer of Rock concert uh-huh. out at Matanuska Brewing recently. Oh, yeah. And they had musicians that were so young that the bass guitar was bigger than they were, <laughs> all the way up to you know high school-aged kids that have been in their program for a decade. Yeah. And those are... You know, those those musicians that are jamming out on stage and then turning around and giving back to the next generation of, of musicians or I have a soft spot for them. Madeline Madeline Smith, who's singing with Harp Daddy right now. Mm-hmm. Whoa, she is fierce. Yeah, she is. She is on fire and she's amazing. Um, There's what the, the, the girl I saw. I call her a girl. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it was Selma Casagranda. Yeah, we talked the, about her before yeah. the song Have circle. you seen her yet? Not anywhere? yet. I think she had a spot at Salmon Fest, like just right out of the gate. She's from Seward. Probably on the inlet stage, the yeah. local stage. Yeah. And um, yeah, because I saw her at uh, Emma Hill's thing, the, the, yep. the Spinard Song Circle. It's deceptively simple what it is she's doing until you start pulling it apart and you go like, man, are you really great with a phrase? Yeah. Singing all the all the stuff, all the craft is kind of invisible in. That made me think of um, Holly Bryant, uh, who was singing with Medium Build. Mm-hmm. Medium Build is another one that I just yeah. absolutely love. That meteoric rising star right now, but Holly Bryant is the same. The ability to turn stories from her life into music is incredible. Um, Pepper Kit is right. another one. Yeah. Pepper Kit is somehow simultaneously the sign, the soundtrack to 14-year-old me's life <laughs> and 34-year-old me's life at the same time. Right. And I told her that one time, and she was like, how is that even possible? I was like, I don't know, <laughs> but your music is relevant to 14-year-old me that still lives in my head yeah. and my heart, and yes, 34-year-old yes. me is an adult, and yeah. that is incredible. That was, that was Selma's thing. That's one of the reasons I want to get her in here is because yeah. there's a moment 
that you want to capture in time while people are still relatively uh, uh, kind of apparently innocent. Yes. And she's not completely innocent about her songwriting or anything. She knows she knows what she's doing. Yeah. But it's also of a time. Like this is, she would be doing a first album that would define everything else that comes past. It's like, it's like Jewel's first album. Yeah. This is all the really great craft that happened then. And then it, they're fun to look back. It's yep. like looking at pictures of yourself as a kid. Like, it totally is. Yeah. Oh, it was obvious I was going to do all these other things and see be all these other things. But and you, what you, you said about that. it being a snapshot in time is is really powerful because it's like we are. I like to tell my students that culture is influenced by identity. It's influenced by your surroundings. It's influenced by the food you eat and the music you listen to and the clothes you wear yeah. and, and all yeah. of this other. So what what you're hearing in a first album like Selma's will mm-hmm. be will be she's she's influenced by the place that she's living in and and her surroundings which means that it's like purely Alaskan and purely That's Anchorage absolutely and pure one of the things Seward that, for her yeah, is that yeah. where she's from yeah um and so what you're really getting, if you think about it, is you're getting a snapshot of the place in time, not yeah. just the artist in time. I think that's and what I people were feeling that. in that audience. It was riveting. I mean, she she silenced the room. Everyone just it enjoyed the songs straight on through. And then she talks afterwards a little bit about kind of where the song came from. Mm-hmm. You, you never know if a song is entirely about someone's experience you know it's kind of like taylor swift territory yeah which even then it's still manufactured of like you you want something to be but creating a narrative of someone else's life where you are completely pulled in and like oh my god that must have been terrible when that happened to you like what happened to me oh you mean the song no that wasn't me that That was but that's what i know other people feel and that's what i recognized when i was 12 that other other people were going through and and, but that's where you notice that the artist has the insight and they've been carrying a a little backpack with them of feelings you know with writers sometimes it's post-it notes on the back of a door uh, great, great authors I have, call, call for I have an absurd collection of napkins that have yeah, little things yeah. doodled on the corners of them. And actually, I, I had a, <laughs> I had a roommate in college, who was a, a late night cleaner. Uh, and, oh no! Uh, yeah, so. <laughs> I would go to bed and and she would sit up and clean and I would wake up in the morning looking for that corner piece of paper that yeah. I had written a thing on and she'd be like, oh, well, that was trash. I threw it away. Oh, that was the next great American novel. <laughs> Listen, there's there's a great quote from Paul McCartney, which someone asked him one time, like, do you have a tape recorder, you know, to write this stuff, to, to sing it into and stuff? And, and he said, if I can't remember it the next day, no one else is going to remember it the next day. So, like, the really great thoughts, although I have shower thoughts, like, I'll come out of there with, like, an idea that, like, if I follow this... Has to go on paper right now. But if I follow this through, it means it's going to be, like, weeks worth of work to follow through (laughs) on the idea. Is it really that great of a thought? But that moment, that that little tippy moment before you go to sleep and everything just kind of comes together in a new new idea, that those are important. And you have to, um, you know, I, I, I took to sending myself voice texts of ideas yeah and then i would go back and listen to them later and so then i'm trying to decipher exactly what i meant by (laughs) blah 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 thing in this feeling like yeah oh no yeah (laughs) what did i mean by that but yes i have a lot of stoplight songs Uh uh-huh (laughs) uh-huh 
Yeah, and and you know, with with the zine and and with um, just like artists, we we live we live in here and we live in here and and we create because the world is a, a scratchy, noisy, loud bright sweater with tons of flashing lights attached to it and we're wearing it all the time and we're finding trying to figure out a way to catalog all those feelings and share them with other people and and my work um I was a music student my first iteration of college I've had many iterations of college and what I realized in the middle of one of my juries as a music student was that I don't particularly care for performing there's nothing about it that makes me feel alive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it freaks me out. I'm not into it. What is it about it? Um, I have my own thoughts, so I can, I yeah, can agree with what I, you're saying. I'm afraid, I'm afraid to forget the words or the notes, which is really silly because I have a near eidetic memory. I do not forget, but I have anxiety, so I do panic. And... Um, I think that younger me was afraid to not sound perfect, but this version of me is not, I don't care about that at all. Um, But I think it's the judgment. I think it's the, like you're so, creating music is so vulnerable and sharing music is so vulnerable. Um, And I come from a family of really, really monster musicians, particularly monster female singers. And um, I can hear those voices in my head. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess too. Like with a formal education in music, you have you always have a sense of adjudication. Totally happening. Yeah. yeah. So, with my work with the zine, um, the goal is to make sure that all of my wonderfully, fabulously talented friends—the ones that I have now and the friends that I'll make over the course of this project don't feel like they're shouting into the void and nobody's listening yeah yeah just that that i'm listening and that even one person matters but that all of these other people are listening to and look all these other people are listening to and that's our interview with lauren langford from the alaska music zine you can find out more information on facebook and on instagram the alaska music zine and lauren langford To play us out, here's an exclusive premiere of a brand new cut from Black Barrel and the Bad Men from their upcoming release, the song Evil Man.
that's the show. Thanks for stopping by. Big thanks to Lauren Langford and Black Barrel and the Bad Men. Everyone involved appreciates your support of Alaskan music. This podcast was produced by me, Kurt Riemann, in the beautiful architecture and strange knickknacks of Surreal Studios in downtown Anchorage, Alaska. Drop us a line on Facebook or through nightworksmedia.com. Nightworksmedia.com. We've got a couple interesting things in there. Catch everything we do on Apple Podcasts and everywhere you catch the casts that people cast in their podcasts. Look both ways when you cross the street. Read a zine. Watch out for musicians because they're not always looking up. And stay warm with an Alaskan song in your heart.